0: Welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director of the Institute and your host for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode continues our series on the future of remote work and what it might mean for businesses, communities, and policymakers in Delaware and beyond. This episode examines office space and remote work future. Before we get to our guest, I want to bring back Colin Willard, a Public Administration Fellow with IPA, who's been compiling research on remote work trends. Colin, how do experts think the demand for office space might be impacted by sustained levels of remote work? Thank you, Troy. As we continue with remote work, executives aren't just reconsidering who needs to be in the office, but they're also reconsidering how much space they need, where that space should be, and how they plan on using it. Surveys of company executives during the pandemic indicate that most companies are rethinking their office needs. Real estate firm Cushman & Wakefield estimates that U.S. firms will have vacated 145 million square feet of office space over the course of the pandemic. This poses challenges for cities across the country, such as Wilmington here in Delaware. Premier downtown office space has been a major focal point of development in recent times, that many of these spaces may no longer be needed by companies who expand remote work moving forward. Thanks for setting the stage, Colin. This episode features my October 29th, 2020 interview with Ryan Connor. Ryan is a principal with Tactics Real Estate Advisors, which is one of the Delaware Valley's fastest growing commercial real estate brokerage firms. His practice is solely focused on representing tenants and other end users of commercial real estate with leasing, acquisition, and disposition strategies. He earned undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Delaware, and his real estate career started as a graduate intern with the Riverfront Development Corporation of Delaware. Let's get to the conversation. So Ryan, thanks a lot for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me, Troy. Looking forward to it.
0: Sure thing. As I was showing you, Harvard Business Review Cover story, the work from anywhere future. And so I didn't plan this, but it was, it was well timed <laughs> for conversation with you because, you know, as I understand it, a lot of what you do is concerned about where people choose to work and how they situate their office when they go to work or maybe not go to work as the case might be. Right. I wonder if you could get started. Just kind of tell us a little bit about what you do at tactics and what that looked like in February, 2020, and how sure. that shifted come mid-March.
1: Sure. Well, I know your listeners can't see me, but I am sitting in my office for what it's worth. Socially distanced, of course, and I think I'm the only one here, but nonetheless, I'm here. Tactics is a commercial real estate advisory and brokerage firm. We represent companies in all industries, organizations, you know, nonprofits, institutions, healthcare and higher ed, with their real estate decision-making, essentially. Now, there's a lot of companies out there, including in Delaware, that do what we do. What makes us unique is that we only ever represent the user of the space. We say we're a tenant representation firm, we represent tenants. Now, it's a little bit of a misnomer because some of our clients do own the space they occupy. But what we don't ever do is represent landlords or investors in real estate. We believe there's a conflict of interest when you represent both in the same market We've decided to, to represent only the tenant side of the business. A couple projects in Delaware that we've done that your listeners might recognize. We represented Insight when Insight relocated out of the experimental station and into what was, what I remember is the Wanamaker department store. I think it had a second life as an office building for Accenture after that, but represented them when they took that as their global head uh, office and laboratory headquarters. CSC's new building, uh, Centerville Road in 41, we represented CSC when they consolidated a bunch of leased locations into what you see now as their new world headquarters. And other law firms and accounting firms and stuff uh, throughout, mostly Northern Delaware.
0: Up until February, that's what you're doing. How did that hit you in mid-March in terms of you going to the office or not, and how you're dealing with tenants?
1: Well, um, I can tell you that everyone was really busy early 2020. The economy was booming. Companies were growing. They were more liberal in the amount of space they were taking. You know, it it was a pretty frothy market, I'll call it. And obviously, when COVID hit in mid-March, things came to a screeching halt. And frankly, continuing today, they're still pretty paralyzed. Most of corporate America got thrust overnight into this work from home paradigm and remarkably have been very successful doing it we don't do much retail but obviously the retail and the hospitality industries have been very hit very hard i guess i'm fortunate that i don't do a lot of retail right now but yeah i think companies have realized that perhaps they don't need as much space as they did prior now i think a lot of what's happening is an an acceleration of phenomenon that was already taking place more flexible work schedules, more efficient space utilization, tech, you know, leveraging technology better. But yeah, my my day to day in early 2020 was um, helping companies, you know, grow, helping them address proactively lease expiration dates, strategizing on where they want to be and you know how they want to best utilize space. And now it's a lot of handholding. It's approaching landlords about rent relief due to both government shutdowns and also just the mere fact that they're not using the space that they are obligated to pay for and, and helping companies think about even post COVID what's the future of office space for them? You know, do they need all of what they have? Can they get a lot more efficient? Do they want to implement work from home policies and then the cultural impacts of all these decisions? You know, we're all kind of learning on the fly right now.
0: Uh, you're talking about, you know, tenants that might have had certain needs in mind in kind of a booming time. Now you're doing a lot of hand holding, helping them think through their, their needs. Could you give us a sense of a couple examples, maybe of companies that might have been thinking one thing and now they're evaluating, shifting to another solution for the shorter long term?
1: I can. Yeah. And they, they kind of run the gamut. You know, they're on, here's two on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. One of my clients is actually a Delaware-based company that also has a location in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is kind of a newer office. It's a growing office. It was an exciting environment. And they always dealt with this kind of internal second-class citizen dynamic where the people in Delaware were maybe a little bit insecure or jealous about the folks in Philly who just seemed to be more trailblazing or you know, use the adjective you want. But as soon as they went remote and started working remotely across the entire organization, that second class citizen dynamic went away almost overnight. kind of ironically it, it brought the company together so so what they're talking about potentially doing now is getting rid of both offices and establishing a a hub somewhere that is very small so this this benefits them financially because they reduce the real estate costs dramatically, but it also eliminates this kind of tension between the two locations that really aren't that far apart. And maybe even serves them functionally better because it allows them to come together for meetings, for town halls, for client pitches perhaps into one location only as needed. Right? So that would be a reduction in probably 70 to 80% of their real estate footprint. I have another client who is a tech oriented company they compete with Silicon Valley companies. So by comparison, their their real estate costs are dramatically less than their competitors. Really deep ingrained culture. They had this huge cafeteria that's kind of like the beating heart of the company That and they, they claim that a lot of the best, their, their most innovative ideas and their best collaborations have come out of that space within their office. They said that they're willing to, and they have a lease expiring soon, they're willing to take up to 50% more space. So add 50% to their real estate overhead. If it means that their employees feel more comfortable coming back to the office because they'll have more space to, you know, not be collide, too close. To in a, well, yeah. Not collide, but, but right, be right. in the same the opposite spot. Of collide yeah. collide yeah. within 10 feet of each other. But so two polar opposites of, but they really want people to come back to the office. The first company, really is encouraging them never to come back to the office. I have another nonprofit client who called yesterday and said, who also has a lease expiring very soon. And they kind of have to, they have to address this in some capacity. They said, we don't, we don't know what our needs are because we just surveyed our staff and 70% of them said they they never want to have to come back to the office. So everyone's trying to figure out what the future holds right now.
0: Right. And, you know, as you said, that kind of runs the gamut. And I mean, you're in the role of serving the tenant needs, trying to find a space that works for them. Others in the real estate sector are in different needs, trying to maximize the space amount, for example. Right. As your team kind of looks at those scenarios that run the gamut, what kind of things are you forecasting about how your sector might change and how the work you do might change?
1: It's a good question and there's a lot of talk there's a lot of webinars there's a lot of zoom calls there's a lot of articles articles. (laughs) Um, some well-written some not that are pontificating about the future if anybody tells you that they know what the future holds they're either lying to you or they're somebody's paying them to tell tell you that I think it's I think there's consensus that corporate America is going to use less space in the future right Again, I don't think that's a rule that applies to everyone equally. But I, I think you're going to see a pretty significant give back of commercial office space in the future across the country. Now, when that happens is interesting because a company who's in the middle of a lease term doesn't really have that opportunity until their lease starts to come due. Right, So it's not going to happen quickly. What you are seeing already is a big glut of, of sublease space in the market. So companies are saying, all right, I really probably only need half of this. Let me put the balance on the market to see if there's any takers. That space typically trades at a discount to market. And as, as that space comes on the market, it starts to compete with all the direct space that's coming on the market, which is going to drive costs down. You know, I think in the, in the real estate advisor broker industry, you're going to see some thinning of the ranks you know, some of some people who just got into the business are going to have a real hard go of it. And they might realize they can't make a living doing this because you know, it's a there's a lot of barriers to entry in what I do that are time consuming and costly. Right. And then there's like the, the more mature population of people who do what I do that might take this as an opportunity to, you know, get out early. So I I definitely think you're going to see a consolidation in terms of the number of people who do this, but also the companies who compete with each other every day, I think are going to start to consolidate as well. And then the landlord community and the lender community that supports it is going to have to rethink um, how you underwrite, you know, commercial real estate deals, both lease transactions and acquisitions of new, new assets, because you're going to gravitate to a, to a tenant base who wants shorter term, more flexible commitments. And right now, real estate, commitments are are pretty long-term endeavors. I think you're going to see the industry start to get away from that slowly but surely.
0: So thinking, you know, about the real estate sector kind of more a little more broadly, but maybe like focused on Delaware, which you grew up in Delaware, right? And you I did. lived and worked there for a while yeah. and still do work there clearly.
1: Yeah, uh, born and raised uh, as you know when we went to graduate school together, I was at Delaware undergrad as well. My family's still there. So, yeah, I, and I spend usually a couple of days a week there.
0: And, you know, every place is going to be thinking about economic recovery now or, you know, in the next several months. Nobody knows exactly how it'll play out. But if you think about the real estate sector and particularly looking at offices, what do you think some of the items are that should be top of mind for policymakers or for people in the industry to kind of correct issues that might have been? Created during pandemic or kind of pre-existing.
1: Um, Delaware's doing a lot of things right right now. I, I love I love the focus on logistics. You know, I think that's really kind of the future. There's a big project in Philadelphia that you might know about, which is the old Philadelphia Energy Solutions refinery. It was prior to that, it was the Sunoco refinery, and there's a major, you know, a couple hundred million dollar redevelopment plan proposed to create that refinery. Redevelop it into an, a logistics hub, which everyone around here is really excited about. you know Amazon seems to love Delaware yep. <laughs> that, that must mean something <laughs> right but and in, and in terms of office, you know I think another thing Delaware's doing really well and is exciting is uh, the the life science community. Um, I think not only is it burgeoning in Philadelphia and in Delaware, but it's also somewhat work from home immune, you know. If there's a laboratory component to it, you really can't do that from anywhere or from home. You need physical space to do it. I think there's opportunity in delaware to, and I've been saying for a while that I think a lot of the old obsolete office product in downtown Wilmington in particular needs to be reenvisioned, you know, even incentivized to be re-envisioned. And perhaps now the repurposed use for that could be lab space. You have a lot of old buildings um, that are old style construction, meaning that they're very thick slab floors, you know, concrete frame. They're not built as kind of, I don't want to say cheaply, but efficiently, can we say, um, as new office buildings are built today. There's an example of this in Philadelphia, in the Curtis Curtis Publishing Building, which is at 601 Walnut Street um, in Washington Square, that um, we, we actually put the first life science company in that space. But what is a company called Invax. It's a geoblastoma cancer research company that came out of Jefferson. What they loved about that building was it could it had the infrastructure for all of the needs that a life science company needs, like venting and stabilized floor cuz they don't like vibration. You know, I, I think there's a potential opportunity in Wilmington to repurpose some of those old office assets into life science communities. That's part of what the problem Delaware has now is it's a supply and demand problem and and that could really not only and there's a there's a major lack of lab space throughout Northern Delaware. Perhaps people could look at repurposing some of that space and uh, you, you kind of kill two birds with one stone, right? So when we get
0: a vaccine and you know it's safe to be in places where we're not as socially distanced, there's more than one of you in the op- more more than one employee in the office at one time for you. How, how often do you think you'll be in the office? I mean, you said you were kind of a nomad before, but do you think that'll change uh, coming back?
1: If I were to predict it, I would know, think we'll go back to normal, pretty much. Again we... Everybody in my office is kind of not all over the place, but it depends on what you're working on, where it is in the process or in the cycle. You know, I could, any given time, I could have five projects that are on West Market Street in Philadelphia. I'm going to be in my office a lot, right? I'm currently working on a couple projects in Wilmington. So I was down there this week. But that's kind of random, right? But but I think the, the daily ebb and flow of people using our office and us coming together as a company and even making the space available to the public, whether it's a nonprofit we support or having training sessions or educational activities in the space. I think that will pretty much go back to normal for us. But there's plenty of companies like us that it could never be the same,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. And as you think about how that plays out kind of at a statewide scale or even just a city scale, that's gonna be different for every organization and that's gonna have impacts on companies, industries, households eventually. You know, what kind of brings you (laughs) hopefully some positive thoughts about how Delaware can navigate its way through that? I mean, what gives you hope uh, that they're going to kind of be able to come together and find a better path forward as all this churn goes on?
1: You know, I don't know that I know the answer other than it's been through struggles before. I mean, Delaware was pretty dramatically impacted by 2008, 2009, you know, as it was Philadelphia. And look, there was so much momentum leading into February, right? The restaurant scene in Wilmington was just really exciting. There were exciting things going on at the riverfront. The the office market in the in the Newcastle County suburbs outside of the CBD was the tightest I'd ever seen it. There's success stories in Middletown, you know, even downstate. Some of the health care institutions are real economic drivers for what for housing and other amenities that will follow. You know, that that's another example of the riverfront. Like, we always wanted amenities down there, like Iron Hill came down, Joe's Crab Shack came down. But until the housing came, the retail didn't really come. And I think there's a chicken or egg issue there with Delaware and some of the more rural communities as well. But it's got all the characteristics for a, a recovery. It's got to be patient. It's got to kind of figure out what it what its unique differentiators are, and have big vision. Like, don't be afraid to put a package on the table for a game-changing type, like an Amazon-type opportunity, because there's a concern about some short-term tax revenue that they, that the state or city won't see. I think having a bold, big vision could go a long way in a, in a climate like this.
0: Well, there's going to be hopefully plenty of room for those you know big visions, and hopefully some of those materialize and play out over the next couple of months and years as we make our way back. But it's great to see, as you said, Amazon showing a lot of interest in Delaware, (laughs) even this week. Um, Those are positive signs. So appreciate you sharing your thoughts on kind of the way back and talking a little bit today about what you see in the real estate market. Thanks a lot for joining me, Ryan.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. We're in uncharted waters, but with any kind of time like this, there's a lot of excitement too on how you can impact and adapt to the future. I know we're excited about it.
0: Thanks again, Ryan. Take care. Thanks, Joy. Appreciate it. Visit tactics.com for more information on Ryan's work. That's T-A-C-T-I-X dot com. For more on this series on the future of remote work, consult the show notes and look out for articles posted on the website of the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration, ipa.udel.edu. Thanks again for tuning in to First Date Insights. Reach out with any comments, and be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. I hope you'll join us again soon.